What is going on, Cheat Code Sports Fantasy Football Podcast listeners? You got K-Love coming at you with the uh, weekly Buy Low, Sell High podcast tonight. Uh, I'm going to get into some guys uh, getting you ready for week four that you could, you know, probably get for a cheaper price than what you, you know, what he was drafted for. Um you know, going back to the draft, I mean, the first three weeks he may not have performed well, but his schedule looking good looks good coming up, or we expect him to eventually perform a little bit better. Um, and then guys you can sell high on, guys who have been, you know, really off the charts for those first couple weeks of the season, and then, you know, it's almost going to be impossible for them to keep up this production, or not likely, I should say, to keep up this production. So... We're going to go through some of these names here, uh, getting you ready for week four. Guys, you can put in some trades and you know possibly do things to make your team better. All right, so I'll just go off the list, out of the, go off of and say I don't really have quarterbacks here. I mean, I hate I, quarterback trades to me are so hard to make because they typically wind up being multi, multi-player deals, um, you know, it just to me it winds up being you know a little bit difficult to to throw quarterbacks in there so i'm not going to yeah you're not trading one for one quarterback or quarterback for running back head help usually it's usually like a a, a six player deal that has two quarterbacks involved in it and you know I, I just when i'm going through some of these guys i'm really just talking about guys that you can get for a cheaper price not really you know aiming to be like a package ordeal so to speak but uh, I'll start it off with David Montgomery. Um, so I believe that the game plan that was designed the other day uh, with Justin Fields, I mean, it, like they, it was. I'm starting to see this around the NFL with a couple different teams, no, most notably Chicago and Philly. Like their offenses just lack creativity. Um, there's no excite. Yeah, there's no excitement. Uh, you know, you get a new quarterback in. He has a little bit of athleticism, accuracy on his throws, has a good arm, but you're not you're not doing anything with just dropping him back with guys just you know rushing him nonstop, and you make no adjustments in game. How do you let Miles Garrett get four and a half sacks when you only drop back to pass twenty times? Like that just doesn't make sense to me. Like or or throw twenty passes. I mean, they may have more have more dropbacks than that, but. You know, to me, it's that sack nine times. Like, at what point were you going to give this guy a little bit of a heads up or a little bit of help on the on the line to try and give him an ability to get the ball out? Anyway, going back to what I was saying with David Montgomery, I do think that if Matt Nagy has any inclination of trying to keep his job, um, I think that they're going to have to start developing game plans around Justin Fields because, I, I mean, if you're going to go out there and throw Andy Dalton in the mix, like, I just think that this team is just, the franchise as a whole, the, the franchise just looks terrible by trading up to go get Fields and then not even giving him an opportunity to play and riding with Andy Dalton for the whole year. So Fields is going to be a quarter the quarterback at some point. And I think when that happens, they're going to have a little bit more of a game plan set up where... He's going to be able to use his athleticism, and what that's going to do is open things up for David Montgomery. David Montgomery running the football. You know, he only had ten carries the other day. He got thirty-four yards on those ten carries, which is nothing special. Um, only caught two passes for twenty-one yards. Like, 
I expect David Montgomery to be used a little bit more than that. And and Cleveland's got a good defense, so let's not sit here and act like they were going up against, you know, the 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 Jacksonville Jaguars this year. Like, nah, they were going up against a very good defense. They put a lot of pressure on Justin Fields. They're very good in the run game. It's a tough defense, and that was a bad, you know, first matchup for Justin Fields. Um, but that being said, you know, I, I think that you start getting some some defenses in here that are, you know, a little less, you know, that aren't. You know, I don't want to say aren't as good, but just yeah, aren't as good. Like you know, Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney, and these guys are just bull rushing through, getting to getting pressure up the middle, and you know, shutting the run down and shutting the pass down. That's not going to happen every week, and I think Montgomery will eventually benefit from it. And you know, I think he's this is the perfect time to go get him, especially you know, considering right now, like he hasn't really jumped off to the start of the season the way you would want it. I mean, everybody was excited about the end of last year and how he finished, but I do think that he's going to be able to turn it around. And you know, to me, at this price, you're able to get him at now where. He he's coming off a, a, a couple bad weeks. Um, you know, to me, I think Montgomery's a guy you can get. Uh, Miles Sanders. The reason I'm throwing Miles Sanders on my buy low list is straight up because they can't not give this guy the ball anymore. Like he had two carries the other day. Two carries. Two. Yes, I said two. Two carries. Like they can't continue to give this guy this little bit of work. He's their best offensive weapon period. He he gets two carries, one of them goes for 24 yards and we just, and they just never give this guy the ball back. It makes no sense. There's no way it can last. They're going they, there's been so much pressure in the Philadelphia area on Nick Sirianni about running the football and he's going to have to this week. And I think when when doing that, especially against Kansas City who hasn't been able to stop the run at all to so far to start the season, I think that you're going to see Miles Sanders really start to take advantage of that of opportunities that he's going to start getting. I, I don't there's no way the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win if they continue to play the way they did on Monday Night Football where they're throwing the ball nonstop, not handing the ball to their best player. They're not even running screens for them, nothing. Like it was a terrible game plan. It's a terrible offense. And it's going to have to change. And when it changes, the person who's going to benefit most from it is Miles Sanders because they're going to have to run the football more and put the ball in their best player's hands. And, you know, I I think that coming off a game where he got two carries, his price is probably so low right now that you can, you know, you can get him for like probably, you know, back in number two wide receiver. Um, Jonathan Taylor. So uh, Taylor hasn't been. you know, really terrific to start the season. I think a lot of it has to do with the, with Wentz not being good and healthy and, you know, not really providing any kind of passing game that defenses have to be aware of. And then on top of that, the Colts' defense has not been as good this year as it was last year. They, they're struggling to stop the pass, which was not an issue at all last year. 
So all that together, you know, it's making for the Colts to be a losing team. And when you're a losing team, you don't get to run the ball as much. I think that's changing for the Colts. I think that they're going, they got some better matches coming up, winnable games. And in those winnable games, you're going to see Jonathan Taylor probably carrying the ball close to 20 or more times. Marlon Mack has not been really been on the field. Um, you know, he was a guy that some people were worried about coming into the season, taking carries away. He really hasn't done it at all, and now it's to the point where he's at, where you know him and the team have basically agreed that you know he can seek out a trade. So if that's the case, you know we we kind of know Taylor's going to be their go-to guy. Naeem Hines is going to be their third down back that they're going to use. You know they'll use him once in a while in in you know running running the football. He might get five or six carries a game, but Taylor might touch the ball twenty to twenty-five times in these games that they're actually winning, and those games are coming up because the schedule for the Indianapolis Colts starts to get much better um, and to me Taylor's a guy that I would aim for if I was trading uh, right now uh, moving on to some buys at wide receiver um, Robert Woods yes I'm buying because number one this offense looks electric and I know Woods has not been good in the first three weeks with the offense looking this good but guess what defenses are going to make adjustments they're not going to sit there and let Cooper Cup just kill him repeatedly for the next 14 weeks, of the 15 weeks of the season. It's not going to happen that way. Defenses start to get a game plan. They see what you're doing. They start to make adjustments. And when those things happen, the offense is going to have to adjust. And this is the perfect time. That this is the perfect time to get Robert Woods because there is going to be an adjustment made where this dude is starting to get the football uh, a lot more. I, I don't know if it's going to be as much as what Cooper Cup is getting it, but those targets are going to start to even out because, like I said, teams are not just going to let Cooper Cup continue to get wide open and, you know, he's going to start seeing double teams. And if that happens, Robert Woods is going to start eating over the middle of the field. So to me, I I think Robert Woods is still by. I think he still finishes as a top 24 wide receiver in the, you know, by the time the season's over. And, you know, at this point, people are so worried about the dude. You could probably, you could probably get him for next to nothing right now because, like, what do you get? Three for thirty-three the other day, no touchdowns. I mean, he, they handed him the ball one time, but didn't really get much on it. Like, you know, Robert Woods has been one of the most consistent receivers for the last four or five years. I don't think that's changing. I think that. It's been a slow start to the year. Once defenses start to get an idea of what the Rams are doing, the Rams are going to have to make adjustments, and that's going to lead to Robert Woods getting a lot more targets. Allen Robinson. Um, Allen Robinson, to me, is one of the most elite wide receivers in the league. I don't think that the Chicago Bears are going to win football games just throwing the ball to him six times and saying, oh, well, we got Darnell Mooney and, you know, get Screw that. Allen Robinson needs to get the ball. And, you know, I think for Chicago to start to be successful, Montgomery and Robinson have to be more focal points of this offense. Um, if I'm an Allen Robinson owner, I'm I'm probably holding him, and I'm hoping for Andy Dalton. Honestly, as sad as it sounds like to say, because Fields, I, I'm not saying Fields didn't look good or wouldn't be able you know, it's Cleveland's defense. It was it was you know not a very good first game to go against when you got Miles Garrett, a first round pick and one of the best DNs in the NFL, just basically destroying a, an old man in Jason Peters. Like it wasn't a good situation, and so I think Fields will get better, 
And, but I think Dalton actually makes Allen Robinson, you know, easily a top ten receiver. And he hasn't been getting that kind of love right now. The last couple weeks, he's only this week. It was two for twenty seven on six targets. Like for Chicago to win, they're going to have to get. Robinson the ball more. They're going to have to figure out ways to get him open. And Stefan Diggs is my last one. And I know Diggs' game wasn't terrible, but it was just an average 6-for-62 game. But he did have 10 targets. He hasn't been the wide receiver he was last year. And I think the reason why is because teams are doubling him. The problem is it's not working. It's not working for the team. Yes, you can double Stefan Diggs and be all over that guy. But guess what? Cole Beasley goes off. Emmanuel Sanders goes off. You got Dawson Knox catching balls. You got the running backs looking good. It's not going... Doubling Stefan Diggs is not stopping this offense. And so... things Adjustments are going to be made by the defenses that are going to start... You know doing different things than they're doing right now because what they're what teams are doing right now isn't working. And when those teams make those adjustments, it's going to start leading to a lot more one-on-ones for Diggs. And that's when you're going to start to see Stefan Diggs become the receiver he was last year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens as early as this week. I, I, I really do. Like To me, this guy is one of the most elite wide receivers in the NFL. He proved it last year. His route running is ridiculous. And he's got a quarterback that can get him the ball and has one of the strongest arms in the, in the league. So... I think Stefan Diggs, if his owner is panicking and doesn't like what he's seen through the first three weeks because he drafted him in the second round and he's not getting second round production, I'm taking advantage of that all day because, you know, to me, Diggs is one of the most elite guys and it's going to start to show as the season progresses and, and moves forward. All right. So now we're going to move on to the sell high guys uh, for this week. So at running back, James Robinson. James Robinson didn't even play 60% of his team's snaps. He played 59% of the team's snaps. Yes, I know he ran for 81 yards, caught six balls for 74, scored a touchdown. Great. Guess what? Arizona's defense is nothing good. And like I said, the dude wasn't even on the field for 60% of the snaps. He's sharing way too much. And with that being the case... This these games are going to be few and far between. So if you get somebody now who's looking at James Robinson says Robinson and thinks like just because they're looking at the numbers and they're saying, oh wow, well Robinson had a game last week, maybe he's back. Well, if he's back, why don't I just you know try to try to trade for him and get myself a second running back? I don't think it's going to be worth it. I think this is going to be a dual system. Urban Meyer loves Carlos Hyde. Urban Meyer is not an NFL head coach. I've seen it after three games. I'm saying that. He's not an NFL head coach. This team is not good. And with that being the case, you know, I think that James Robinson is definitely a sell high coming off his week last week where, you know, he basically, you know, uh, he was basically as good as he was last year. Like, this is the kind of games he was having last year where you were like, yo, he's like one of the, the steals of fantasy. This guy was picked up off the waiver wire or drafted in the 15th round, and, you know, now he's, now he's you know, he, he's these are the kind of games that you got last year. And, you know, the, those, those games are going to happen as much this year because this year he's splitting so much time, he's not going to get this kind of love. Arizona's defense isn't good, and that 
shows with how he performed. Sell high on Kareem Hunt. You guys know, if you listen to the podcast, I have not been the biggest Kareem Hunt guy. I know he's been he's been pretty good. I'm not going to lie. He's been pretty good for the first three weeks. And last week, he was awesome. You know what I mean? Like, you know, 10 carries for 81 yards and a touchdown. The touchdown was ridiculous. You know what I mean? He puts the move on the guy. Um, stiff arms another guy. Um, I, you know, to me, like, I don't knock Kareem Hunt's talent as a running back. That's not why I wouldn't go get him. Um, you know, he also caught six for 74. The, you know, he's clearly the passing down back. But my issue is this isn't going to be something you count on every week. And he was drafted as a starter, technically, in like the fifth or sixth round. And when you're drafting a guy that high and he's not a consistent starter, it's going to it's not going to really work out well for your team. And to me, if you can get somebody of equal value where you drafted Kareem Hunt, where you're, you know, draft, you know, you might have drafted Hunt in the fifth round. You might be able to get, you know, somebody who's, you know, proven to be a very good, you know, a very good starter, you know, or, or, you know, trade for a, you know, you're basically trading this running back away who's you're going to be your third running back because you can't start him on a weekly basis. You know, go get, you know, a, 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 a mid a mid 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 wide receiver two or something like that and try to try to try to better your team with a little bit more consistency what Kareem Hunt is going to be able to give you. I don't, like I said, I don't knock the guy's talent. The guy is an unbelievable player. But so is Nick Chubb. And with Nick Chubb there, he's going to always play second fiddle. And the only reason you have Kareem Hunt at this point is really to try and and be, you know, it was really hoping that Nick Chubb gets hurt because if you're if you're starting him, yeah, you had a good week last week, but it's not it's not consistent and it's never going to be this way. And you know, I, I like a little bit more consistency at my running back position, especially, you know, a guy I'm drafting in the fifth round. Next up is Melvin Gordon. Uh, so Melvin Gordon to me is a sell high because he's literally in a 50-50 timeshare. Um, he is coming off a week where he was pretty good, but it was against the Jets. He's had very easy matchups to start the season, and it's been you know, he's got 60 yards this week on 18 carries. He caught a ball for 21 yards. He got into the end zone. But 30% of his scoring throughout the whole year, yes, I heard the stat, 30% of his scoring throughout the whole year is off of one 70-yard rushing touchdown from week one. Like, or well, week two. I forget which week it was, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, that's just, that gives you a player that you can't can count on on a consistent basis. And he was good enough and has been good enough for running back needy teams because there's always a couple running back needy teams in your leagues. He's been good enough that you might be able to grab a wide receiver too that you can throw in your flex spot and really just increase your – the just give yourself a way more consistent long-term team. You know, Melvin Gordon, there's always the chance Williams starts to take over, even though Gordon has been better so far earlier this season. There's always a chance that Javante Williams could take over at some point. Um, they, there's always the chance that when these matchups get a little tougher for the Broncos, that 
Gordon's production goes down just because he's facing better teams and better defenses. So to me, uh, you know, if I have Melvin Gordon and I can hit up a running back, a team that needs some running backs or a running back, and say, look, you know, give me, you know, a back end wide receiver two or mid even mid wide receiver two, start off high and try to get somebody, you know, a, a, a wide receiver two that I can eventually throw into my flex spot consistently, and feel a little lot more comfortable long term about the outcome about the you know the the scores that I'm going to be getting because I don't know if Melvin Gordon's going to be as consistent as he has been earlier in the year the matchups have been just been outstanding you know what do you get the Giants the Jets and the Jaguars to start the season like you know it's like you know it's playing literally three of the worst teams in the NFL if not the three worst teams in the NFL so um so I'm going to start my receiving core off selling high Jamar Chase. This could also this could be one that kicks you in the ass if you do it. I'm not going to lie. Like but he is a sell high. Um he only saw 5 targets, caught 4 of them, only had 65 yards, but he had two touchdowns. He scored a touchdown in every game. That's not going to be that's not going to continue. He's not going to score a touchdown every game. And if you take away his touchdowns, his stats really aren't that exciting. He's more of a deep threat. Um, like I said, he it's something that I think they're going to continue to do. But when T. Higgins comes back, he's going to be their number one guy. And Chase is just going to be kind of a guy that gets down the field and gets a guy that they take a couple shots with every, every game. And... You know, you're basically going to be hoping that he catches a 50-yard touchdown. Those are the guys that, like, they're great for bye weeks, but they're not great for consistent starters. And if you're able to get a consistent starter right now for Jamar Chase, which you definitely can because he's been so good, people are like, oh, Jamar Chase, you know, he's going to be rookie of the year. He's He's been on fire. He's got a touchdown every week. He's the first rookie you know, first, I forget what it was, first something, you know, to score three touchdowns in his first three weeks or something like that as a rookie. But this dude has been, he's been on fire. But like I said, when Higgins comes back, I think he's more of a deep threat guy to get down the field. And I think it's going to be kind of difficult um, for him to keep up this kind of scoring. I mean, he may score once every other week, and that would be remarkable because once every other week still gets some 10 touchdowns on the year. But right now you can probably you can flip him for something you know very nice right now because of the way how good he's been uh, to start the season. And I'm going to end this with two Miami guys, Jalen Waddle and Mike Gusecki. Both coming off games where they just caught a shit ton of passes for literally no yards. Like, they were just dinking and dunking down the field. Either That's what Jacoby Brissett was doing. He's basically dinking and dunking down the field or running running for his life to get up the field. And he, he did a great job of it. But, you know, with Waddle, like, Waddle gets 12 catches on 13 targets. That's unbelievable catch percentage. That will never, like, that's almost, that almost never happens. But he also had 58 yards, which also almost never happens that a guy catches 12 balls for 58 yards. It's like it's, that's almost as uncommon as 12 for 13. Like 12 for 58, it's like four yards a catch. Five, less than five yards a catch. For a speedster, it's supposed to be a guy that you can get the ball downfield. Like 
I know he's a playmaker. You want to get the ball in his hands, but like, did he lose thirty yards on a, on a play? Like, I mean, damn, 12, 12 catches for fifty eight yards. And then Gasecki was the same thing. He had ten catches on twelve cart targets for eighty six yards. Like, I knew they threw the ball a lot because they were de- they were winning, and then they were down. They went into overtime. They had to come back. It was a lot. It was. It was an exciting game at this, you know, especially watching Brissett play because Brissett showed, you know, that, you know, certain there is a certain thing in that in in a, a an athlete's chest that when it comes out, it's fun to watch. You could tell Jacoby Brissett has that kind of heart in him. You know what I mean? Like just watching that game, he did not want to lose that game, and even though he did, he put it all out there, like got smacked running into the end zone. He had pressure on him from Crosby all day, and he just he kept it going, man. And he did what he had to do and tried to do his best for his team to uh, come out with a win. It wasn't enough, but, you know, ultimately, like, I would, you know, I'm, I – I give him all the credit in the world for the way he for the way he played and, and the guts that he showed in the game because he was, you know, he did what he had to do. But at the same time, it wasn't enough, and I don't think it's going to continue. And that's why I think Waddle and, and Gasecki are both sell highs because, you know, tight end position, you get a guy that's getting ten catches at tight end, and you could sell him for freaking gold right now. Like t- tight ends suck right now. Yeah, you know, literally, like. I mean, Kelsey's been good. Waller's been okay, you know, for where you're drafting him. Kittle has not been a, a third-round pick. He's been okay. You know, Andrews has been pretty good. I'll give him that. Hawkinson's been pretty good. Kyle Pitts, he ain't been doing nothing. Fant, nothing. Logan Thomas has been okay. But, like, nobody's exciting. And if you if somebody's, like, ready to buy that Mike Isecki is a guy that can get, you know, Six to eight catches a game. I doubt he's getting ten consistently, but six to eight catches a game, you know, and he gets seventy yards. Like that's what you're looking for. That's a top, you know, seven tight end. And if that's the case, like Gasecki might have a little value. Jalen Waddle, you know, he's going to have value just because he's a rookie, exciting rookie player. But coming off this game, I doubt. You know, if somebody were to look at his stats, yeah, they're going to see the twelve catches. But guess what? He had 58 yards. That's like, how do you get 12 catches and not even break 20 fantasy points in a PPR league? Like, that's crazy. That is absolutely insane. But, so that's all the guys I got for buy low, sell high. Um, I'm excited about what's going on with Cheat Code Sports. Steve and I have, you know, talked about doing some stuff on the YouTube channel, getting that bet going. We've really been, I'll be honest, Steve and I have been slacking because, you know, the schedules have just been really hard for us this season, this football season. Um, we're trying to do a better job, I'm not going to lie, and I know Steve is, is is saying the same. So we're going to try and get the YouTube channel. I'm getting days off now from work now that things have started, started to get a little bit better. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be hitting you guys up on YouTube and trying to get more podcasts, you know, more dual podcasts out there so that Steve and I can start to do things together and you can start to hear both of our voices on a podcast, which hasn't been really been the case this year because I know that's, you know, you guys want to hear both of us out here. Um, 
So, yeah, that is it for tonight's podcast, guys. I know it's a short one, but, uh, I, you know, Steve and I will be back soon. We're going to do some uh, start sick questions. Steve is going to do his DFS podcast. And until next time, peace out, guys.